0: Oh, man. Well, glad that you're here. Happy uh, Palm Sunday. And uh, today, I want to ask a simple question. And the simple question is this. Have you ever thought about what intro music you would have if you came into a room? What, yell it out. What What would it be? What would it be? Just go ahead. Do it. Start yelling. Eye of the tiger. Of the tiger. That's cool. You know what? That is actually I asked Lupita ahead of the time. And uh, that that was hers. And uh I have it right here. Yeah, so you're right. Yeah, like it's already. I don't know if everything, Dude, yeah, yeah. Here's what, what. Do whatever you want. Go for it. Dude, yes. Woo! Dude, there's coming in. Look at that footwork, Look at that feet work. Come on, look at that. Oh! this is your first time here. (laughs) Uh, Well, I also asked Nikki what hers uh, was, and she likes this one song because it's about a scientist who's reforming her wild ways. Uh, And it's called Short Skirt, Long Jacket by Cake. Ever hear it? Here it is. Here it is. You don't have to do anything you don't want to (laughs) do. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, and so it, it goes on to talk about how she cuts through uh, red tape with a machete, so it's, it really represents her well. Madison, no pressure, but this was Madison's song. Goes Oh, she's going to do it. <laughs> no, that's great. It's as loud as it goes. I'm sorry. There, there it is. There you go. Very good. Give it up for Madison. That's it. Now, I took some time to figure out what the worst intro song might be. You guys ready for it? You guys will know it right away. Let me turn up the volume though. Are you guys ready? Here it is. What <laughs> doing makes me laugh. It's so painful I gotta shut it off. Okay, anyway. What was that? Like 10 minutes of time material? <laughs> Uh, I'm going to share mine in a minute. But the reason I ask that is whenever I read, excuse me, sorry, I didn't know you were over here. Um, Whenever I read the Palm Sunday story, I get the the imagery. Uh, My imagination imagines that like Jesus is entering in and it's a celebration. It's a party. It's happening that the son of God is coming in and everyone in the town comes out and he's bumping and here's the song I imagine him coming into. I picked the clean version just so everyone who's about to get nervous. Uh, so, <laughs> and he's coming in and he's got the donkey. He's on the donkey. He's riding and the disciples are like, da 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 da. Da da da. JC. Da 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 da. You know, we just healed the Lazarus say, yeah. yeah. And that's what I think. That's what I think. I, I think about that song in two ways. Whenever Moses enters a room to confront the Pharaoh and when Jesus enters Jerusalem on the way to the cross. And, um, you know, that's, that's it for the music portion of our time together. But, um, you know, have you ever thought about that? And, you know, it's a celebration. It's a big time. Thanks, Nick. Um, and why were these people excited to see Jesus? Why were they so excited to celebrate? Well, you know, like we just read, first of all, uh, Jesus had just got done healing Lazarus from the dead. Now, if you're much like me, and I think that you are, if you had recently heard that there was a dead man that came back to life, you're going to be celebrating and excited about that. That was a big deal. So they're like, hey, did you hear the news? Lazarus was dead. And there he is right there. And he's right there. He was dead. And now he's not dead. He is alive. That's a big deal. Uh, secondly, they were excited because the crowd had been with them for some time. And there's this mix of Galileans, like the people that Jesus was with. And there's Judeans. And obviously, they're telling the stories of Jesus. For three years, he had been doing some amazing things. He's healing people. He's proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God with power, and it's clear that something is happening here. And the third thing is that they were actually starting to believe that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was the deliverer who was going to come and save the people from the Roman occupiers, that he was going to set up and be the king of Jerusalem. And that's all good and well for them. But why is this exciting for us? Why are we should be excited? Well, Palm Sunday is the start of something called Holy Week. And during Holy Week, we pause and we remember the coming of Jesus and why he came to earth. We celebrate that Jesus came into the world and we celebrate that Jesus saved the world. And Palm Sunday simultaneously reminds us of the birth of Jesus, the life and the, and the power of Jesus, and it also we're in advance starting to celebrate what would happen seven days from now when Jesus would rise again from the dead. It's a big deal. And so when we read this story, <clears throat> I see that we're supposed to respond in two ways, there's two really big ways I'm going to throw it up on the screen, and if you actually have a pen, you can take notes and the two ways this this is what I want you to know today Palm Sunday is a time when we welcome Jesus in again. And secondly, Palm Sunday is a time when we proclaim the good news about Jesus. First, we welcome Jesus in again. Now, if you were here a few weeks ago, you heard me say something, "God comes." where he's wanted. And that's something that's true. Whenever we look at the scriptures, whenever we uh, read stories about Jesus or the Bible, when we look at the history of the church, when we look at the history of revival movements that have happened in the United States and around the world, whenever we look at the lives of people we admire, we see that they all have one thing in common, and we re- they recognize that God comes where he's wanted, which means that God's manifest presence shows up in the places and among the people who welcome him in. So God will never force himself on you if you don't want him there. He won't force himself on this church. He won't force himself in your home. He won't force himself into your life if you don't want him there. And so when we come, Palm to Palm Sunday, it's a perfect time to take time and say, God, I welcome you into my life again. You're wanted here. I welcome you into my choices and my finances and what I think about my relationships. God, we welcome you in. Uh, to our homes. If you have roommates, God, come dwell among us uh, with our roommates. If you're married, among your spouse, if you have children, it's with your children. And it's the perfect time to say, God, we welcome you into our church. We welcome you in on your terms. God, you are the king of this church. You lead this church. Come in your power and your presence. Teach us your holy ways. Help us to understand what you're up to in the world. Help us to seek justice based on how you want us to do that. And so, Palm Sunday and Holy Week is a perfect time to welcome God in again. But there's another part to this, and I want to spend a little more time on the second part, which is Palm Sunday is a time when we proclaim the good news about Jesus. Now, the word proclaim can be a little confusing. Sometimes when we hear the word proclaim, we think of preaching— or yelling at people, or having a bullhorn down at the promenade and saying you're going to hell and holding up signs. That's not what's happening here. The word proclaim in the Greek, which most of the New Testament was written, is best translated to mean effective communication. So whenever you see the word proclaim or hear it from now on, I want your amazing high IQ brains, high SAT score brains to think effective communication. Proclaim means effective communication. Well, what do I mean? Well, there's a big difference between communicating on terms that you understand and communicating on terms that the receiver understands. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand where I'm going at here? Let me give you an illustration. Now, Raquel is not here today, but Raquel is someone that's been coming to our church. And Raquel is a native Spanish speaker, right? And her English is, she barely knows any English, but she comes and listens to us. And I think she likes the tone and the Spirit of God is here and it's amazing. And like, you know, wow. And so I don't know know where she is. I I was hoping she'd be here, but it's sad. What's that? She's visiting family. So if Raquel speaks Spanish, I'm a native English speaker, and if Raquel was here, and I was to say, Raquel, we are so happy that you are here with us at this church. We love spending time with you. We're grateful for God, and we're grateful for you. We bless you. She would probably look at my tone, she'd hear my tone, and she'd be like, this guy, I think he cares. And she might understand a few of the words. Now, if I went to her, with my Google Translate, which I did. And I said this to her. Now, all the Spanish speakers, native Spanish speakers, don't beat me up. It's there's, just there's, there's an illustration, okay? All right, so I went and I took that exact phrase and I translated in Google Translate and here's what I came up with. I don't want any laughing, no laughing whatsoever. If I said to her, I said, Raquel, estamos muy felices de que estés aquí con nosotros en nuestra iglesia. Nos encanta pasar tiempo t- contigo. Estamos agradecidos por Dios y estamos agradecidos por Raquel. Te bendecimos. Huh? <laughs> all right, all right. Now, that's what we call broken Spanish by a white. And, and, if, and, if, and if she was here, she might go, mm, his phraseology isn't all that right, and he mixed up this or that. But there is an exponentially higher chance that she understood more of that and what I was trying to get at. You see, communication can only be called effective when it is understood and comprehended by the receiver. Now let me explain something here. Uh, What's hard to explain is something that we often face when we start talking about Jesus. Many Christians wrongly believe that when when we share our faith, we need to get all the details in every time and we need to say all the right words that make sense to us about faith and believing in Jesus and accepting him into our hearts, et cetera. And if we do that, if we share our faith according to us, then we've done our job to share Jesus with another person and we can check the box in our mind and we can we can say, okay, we've done that, we've done our job and God will redeem all my mistakes and listen, I told you so, now you are now the responsible for the information that I gave to you and uh, whether you choose to believe it or not, that's your problem. And sometimes when we talk about God with people who don't share our same faith, it's almost like we're talking to people using a foreign language. Are you with me? Does this make sense? And in our attempt to present the gospel and really, really, really great clear theology, we'll use terms like saved by grace, or forgiveness, or the virgin birth, or resurrection, And it's all coming up from a book that we've read that they haven't read about a God that neither of us have physically seen. I think of a story uh, uh, from the founder of the Vineyard. His name is John Wimber. And uh, he was visiting a church for the first time with his family. And he had no church background. And in this moment, they're walking into the church and a deacon walks up to him, and his deacon says to him, he says, he says Have you been washed in the blood, brother? <laughs> to which John replied, When did they make you do that? <laughs> <laughs> he, he had no concept. John had no concept of the, what this well-intentioned deacon was trying to ask him, because Christians are notorious for speaking our own language, and it's called Christianese. And then we like seem surprised when we talk in Christianese and someone looks back at us like we have two heads. (laughs) You know, why? Because we're communicating in a language that's simply unintelligible to them. They don't have the same mental starting place that we do. Uh, Some would call that epistemology, but that's also the same mental starting place. Uh, But uh, who's that? Who's to say? But anyway, uh, uh, they just don't assume that what we're saying is credible. Chris, how do you know Jesus rose from the dead? Were you there? And I'm like, no, but like, you know, the thing, and it's hard. And you might as well be speaking a foreign language. But what we get in the Palm Sunday story is a different way, and I don't want you to miss this. There is a way forward. There's this sign of hope that we see that starts in Palm Sunday. We see it all throughout the stories of Jesus, and when Jesus died and rose again and ascended into heaven, he gave the disciples and the new church a way to do this that, does, that helps us to avoid the problem I just brought up. And I don't want you to miss this, because you're going to have to learn this today, which is there is a difference between the gospel and the good news about Jesus. Well, what is the gospel? Well, the gospel is God came to earth for our sins. It's the life and death and resurrection of Jesus. It's the story of Jesus. It's how we can be saved and go to heaven, or how we can have eternal life with God. And that's the gospel. And at times, you and I will be called upon to communicate the gospel. And I very much believe that people who don't know Jesus will eventually need to come to some sort of understanding of the gospel. And I don't want to dissuade you from building that skill. That's a very important skill for you to build in your walk with God. But in this instance, on Palm Sunday, we see an example that doesn't emphasize the details of the gospel. They were proclaiming the good news about Jesus. What's the evidence from what Madison read? Well, we see that they're talking about Lazarus being raised from the dead. They're talking about the good news about Jesus. That's something that Jesus did. They're talking about how Jesus, the king, was going to come deliver them, to come deliver the Jewish people. So what I'm getting at is there's a difference between the gospel and the good news about Jesus. What's the good news about Jesus? Well, it's on the screen. Here's some examples. He is wise. He cares for me. He comforts me when I'm hurting. He healed me. Do you see the difference? Do, we, do, we see, do I need to go back and do it again? Do we, do we see the difference there? Do you see that the good news about Jesus communicates something more infinitely understandable it's easier to grasp and understand than just talking about the gospel Uh, both the gospel and the good news are essential you need both but the good news about Jesus is the emphasis on your experience with Jesus good news in your life which empowers, which should empower you. And Now we're going to do crowd participation. You ready? We're going to do crowd participation. I'm not stopping until about 10 people yell out. We're going to be very charismatic here. We already had people running down the aisles. Uh, <laughs> I'm not proceeding. Here's the shout out. I want you to shout it out. Tell me, because I want to make sure we get this, what's your good news about Jesus? Tell me, what's the good news about Jesus in your life? Yell it out. Yell it out. He heals. He, heals. he healed you. Yes, good. What else? What? He's loving. He listens. he listens to you. Does he listen to you, Lupita? Amen. Praise God. What else? He changed, life. He changed Howard's life. Give it up. Yep. That's good. Yeah, changed my life. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Come on. Make it more personal. That's good. All those three were good. I need like eight more. Come on. Let's go. He accepts me in all my pieces. He accepts me in all my pieces. That's awesome. Keep going, guys, girls, people. What's that? He's full of grace. What else? I told you I'm not going on. He's not, okay. He's not judgmental. That's right. Two more. Two. More. He gives Patrick purpose. Yeah. Yeah. He stands by me always. He stands by always. That's right. Amen. 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 Uh, your personal with Jesus, your personal experience with Jesus, excuse me, your personal experience with Jesus will be more powerful and more persuasive than you realize. And don't ever forget that. You see, many people that you and I both know and love, they will need to see and experience your good news about Jesus before they will be able to grasp the theological implications of Jesus okay so there but and, and, and nearly all the stories of people you and I know and love them coming into life with Jesus them being born again they couldn't see what was going on with God and then the veil was torn off of them their eyes and they came into new life with Jesus by the power of God's spirit that didn't usually start with a deep theological understanding it came from folks like you and me being that good news talking about our good news what Jesus has done for me Jesus Jesus saved my life. Jesus took my family's life and put it on a new trajectory. I stand on the shoulders of pastors and people that God used to change my parents, which in fact changed me. And so, that's what you can do too. If you've ever wanted to grow more effective in the way you share your life with Jesus, this is it. You begin to simply share your experience about the good news of Jesus according to you. Not according to me, or not according to some story. This is a simple way for you to begin to do this. And if you're new at this, this is how it's done. First, you think no further than your own personal story. Collect your own stories, which you already have. For example, what's your good news? What answers to prayer do you remember most vividly? What are some of the most dramatic experiences you've had with God? Have you experienced healing or flashes of wisdom? And what you do is you don't worry about trying to prove anything to anybody, trying to make sure they understand all the theological implications. Don't make sure someone understands the gospel right away. Just start telling your story about the good news of Jesus. Become a storyteller. And this is something that can be applied to your life almost immediately because it's your story. This week, you can share your good news with someone. And it's not, again, you're like, help me understand Holy Week. Well, you might be able to explain that. Or you might be able to say, you know what? I am just really content in my life. And maybe you don't even tell them why. But that will start to seep into your relationships and people will start to see the good news emanating from you. Again, don't worry about sharing the gospel right now unless it's time. Worry more about sharing the good news that's already living in you. Now, over the last six years, my wife and I have worked really hard uh, to do two things in our personal lives. First, we've tried to develop a faith language that we think would make sense to somebody who has no concept of Jesus or none of the mental furniture about Jesus. And the result has been wonderful uh, because we've seen people who wouldn't normally move towards Jesus start to move towards Jesus. Because what we're trying to do is we're trying to remove barriers. We're trying to remove any barriers or hurdles that would uh, cause them to not understand what we're doing. And so we've tried to work a language and use a language that's accessible. And a majority of that accessible language is the good news about Jesus. It's being the kind of person that emanates that God has actually done something in our lives. And so the result has been we've built lots of friendships, we have lots of people that are asking for our time and we're trying to get them all on the calendar and we can't get them all on the calendar. And there's no, I mean, in, if we, at this pace, we could probably run for mayor of Santa Monica in our area because we're, we're like, we have this church, but we're equally as committed to being that good news to the people in our building, in our community. And, you know, if I was to go to some of them, uh, they're not here because they don't go to church. Why would they go to church? Uh, <laughs> um, if I was to ask them, Uh, many of them would say, I'm not ready to give my life to Jesus. And they might say, I'm not ready to be a Christian, or I'm not ready to show up Sunday service, 10 a.m. and stare at a wall and listen to Chris talk on a weekly basis. Uh, You know, they might even say, but they would say something along these lines. If I asked a lot of them, Um, they would say, I'm not ready to be a Christian. I'm not sure I believe Jesus rose from the dead. Uh, and I'm not sure if I'm ready to be a Christian, but if I did, I'd want to be a Christian like Chris and Nikki. I'd want to look like them. Or if I did go to church, that would be the church I would go to. And that, to me, I think, is the highest form of compliment that I gave myself there. But like, I think that's what we're aiming at. That's the goal on the wall. If they're not ready to do what we do, I get that. I understand that. But at the same time... A lot of our friends go, they, if, if I was going to do it, I would do it like you do it, and I would, but I'm not going to do that. I don't, know if, I don't know if I believe in Jesus, but I do like the way that church cares about people. They care for the poor. They're making an impact in their community. The second thing that we do on a regular basis that you can continue, uh, that you could start to do if you're not doing already, is we pray for people in our lives that don't have a relationship with God. And we don't pray for, like, we pray for God's blessing, that God would meet them in power, that God would draw close to them. And the result of that, by just simply developing a language that's accessible to people that don't know Jesus and praying for nine people regularly, the result has been we have way too many coincidences with the people that we pray for. Like, these people are like, hey, we haven't seen you in a while. And like, yeah, we just saw you last week, but we want to see you again. We're like, well, what's that about? I mean, is it coincidences? I don't know, but I think there's too many of them. Or is it maybe God is doing something else? That when we partner with God, when we partner with his spirit, and his spirit tells us that we should pray for those of the people in our life, it's just weird how it all comes together. And so that's what I want to encourage you to do. I want us to be the kind of Palm Sunday Christians. We're going to welcome Jesus in again. We're going to welcome him in, in, our, in his power. We're going to welcome him into the different areas of our lives. And I want us to be the kind of people that go from this place and we are ready to communicate the good news about Jesus according to us. So that's all I wanted to share with you. Let's do that. Let's be those kinds of people. And so for our last Thing. We're gonna to worship together one more time. Uh, I want us to celebrate, kind of like they did on Palm Sunday. So if we could have everyone stand, uh, we're gonna to worship together. Um, and um, so worship. Um, usually when I go, hey, let's worship loud. Everyone goes no. So I'm gonna tell you this: don't worship loud, so the neighbors can hear you. Uh, but as we're doing so, I'm gonna you know reverse psychology. Um, Let's do this. Um, if you want to respond to either two of those things, we have a prayer team that would love to pray for you, but we're not going to come find you and ask you, do you want us to pray for you? We're going to, um, we're going to invite you to come to the front area, and we'll pray for you. So specifically, if you if you're like, you're like, I want to welcome Jesus in again into either your home or your family life or your personal life, We want to bless that. This is for Christians, people that already call the name of Jesus. This is not, you know, that moment where you kind of get saved at the service. That's not it. This is for people that already have a relationship with Jesus to reopen our lives, to rededicate our lives to him. I want uh, someone to pray with you. And the second thing is you want to... Uh, communicate the good news about Jesus, and there's people in your life, I want to pray for power on you. That God would give you the power and the words to do that. And so I'll be over here and I'd love to pray with you about that. Is there anything else that we're missing, prayer team? Okay. So if that's you, just make your way. Our prayer team will pray with you. So let's worship this song. Uh, Let's worship with this song one more time. All right.